Hey everybody, Henry here. Before we get to our episode discussing the long-awaited Greta Gerwig Barbie film, Emma and I wanted to share just a quick little message. As of the release of this episode, the Writers Guild of America and the Screen Actors Guild have been continuing their strike for better working conditions and compensation. Without the work of these different artists, movies like Barbie would not exist. As such, the Pink Isle stands in solidarity with the striking unions. And if you would also like to support these efforts, please consider donating to the Entertainment Community Fund, a nonprofit that directly helps out of work writers and actors to cover expenses during this vital striking period. Just follow the links in the description. But with that out of the way, please sit back, relax, and let me take you back to about three months ago when the second Barbie teaser trailer just dropped. Hello and welcome to the Pink Isle. My name is Henry Kathman, and joining me is my lovely co-host, Emma Curry. Henry, I got a question for, for you. Uh, between the two of us, which one, which one do you think is everything and who is just Ken? Because <laughs> I kind of feel like you're the everything. You do the research, you edit the podcast, and I am the just Ken. I just show up. Um, I feel like that's a difficult thing because I feel like... To be a Barbie and to be a Ken, it's a mindset and a lifestyle. And I don't know. I think, Emma, we both have the capacity, nay, the potential to be the Barbies we both want to be. Or to be the Kens we want to be, if that is what we desire. Honestly, it seems kind of kind of easier to be a Ken, you know, like you don't got to make any decisions like uh, your job is Barbie's boyfriend and your job is to be there and to be supportive. Yeah, I guess there might be some things to to it. I mean, personally speaking for me, I think like that descriptor of being everything as this upcoming movie might explore that could be potentially exhausting. One might say uh, stifling. You think and maybe maybe Barbie sometimes wishes she could be just Barbie? Here's a little extra dimension. What if Barbie sometimes envies Ken? I could see that. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're you're Barbie, you know, you're the one who's running everything. Like it might be nice just to imagine if you could just be, you know, just a Dude that just gets to sit on the beach today talking about how he's gonna to, uh, beat, beat off, off all, all the other kins. It's a yeah. <laughs> God. Oh my f- God, God, this. Okay. Anyway, uh, so uh, yeah. we had a few big news events that dropped this week. I believe on the same mm-hmm. day. Uh, we got a Trump arrest, and then we got a uh, Barbie trailer and posters, which kind of God. ended up being the bigger event of the day. God, you know that pissed him off so much. 
just seeing that. Like, I think that's very reflective of a number of things, but also at the same time, it's like absolutely hilarious. Like, no one's no one's talking about the Trump arrest because everyone's busy making those like a uh, pit crew avatars with the uh, Barbie movie poster template. Yep, 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 yep. And you know what? Honestly, I think considering like so much of the problem with the reactionary right is that they exploit a lot of bad things with the attention economy. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, man, it's true we're putting a lot of our attention on this corporate uh, movie that is ultimately being made to help promote a brand. But when you consider the alternative... I mean, the marketing for this movie has just been sublime so far. I'm thinking... Henry, I'm thinking maybe maybe toy companies are good at selling stuff to people. <laughs> what? What? That that is. I mean, that's news to me, considering like uh, some of the uh, previous efforts that they've made in the past. <laughs> but yeah, so I, mean, I think it's pretty kind of clear. Like, I'm pretty sure the trailer is a very good trailer because it just kind of shows you exactly like what you need to see. It's going to be Barbie who lives in this Barbie world who goes to the real world and that's the premise of the movie like i'm pretty sure probably most of the footage we saw in the trailer is all from like the first like 30 or so minutes of the movie and i think that's maybe all we we need to know what we need to know is that you just you gotta see Mm -hmm. it you gotta Mm -hmm. see barbie so much of like this movie was shrouded in mystery for us because we were just looking at the like pope like some of the promotional stuff and like the production news that we've got and all the while it you know what Emma I'm going to make a comparison but I'm going to hear what you have to think like it kind of gave a similar feeling to some of the promotion for the 2019 cinematic classic Cats directed by Tom Hooper well In I feel that... like it was a bit of a bit of the opposite because for for Barbie, it was like, okay, we got Greta Gertwig attached. Like, you mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of curiosity, a lot of this excitement. Like, mm-hmm. what is this movie going to look like? But I kind of think before we ever saw that first Cats trailer, we just going by the cast, the director, the f- digital fur technology thing they're talking about, I kind of feel like we all kind of knew exactly just how bad it was going to yeah okay well i I might got released yeah well so i might posit then barbie could be the potential anti-cats as a film release i don't want to be too hyperbolic i don't want to necessarily overblow my expectations and set myself up for disappointment but i do think that the Barbie movie has followed, like, the polar opposite trajectory of Cats in that everything we've seen so far has just led to way more anticipation and, like, curiosity and interest. And that that is just something that is, like, very exciting to see. I feel like I'm starting to get more of a kind of grasp as to what the movie probably will be. But, like, there's still a lot of room to be surprised in how exactly they're going to execute it. Because I do kind of feel we have sort of seen this, like, kind of premise of, like, 
cartoon character goes to the real world type stuff before in these types of films, but mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of confidence that Greta Gertwig is going to kind of take it in a new sort of interesting direction. Because yeah. when I'm trying to think of like, okay, so what is this movie going to be about? I'm thinking it's going to be a bit of like a coming of age type thing. Cause yeah. so the Barbie we follow Margot Robbie, you know, she's everything, but she's not like a specific thing yet. Like all the other mm-hmm. Barbies, like, you know, this one's a lawyer. This was an author. This one's president, you know, this one uh, is a doctor. This one is a Nobel prize winning physicist. Yeah. Like- and so if Barbie, if Margot Robbie Barbie is just like, she's still trying to find what her thing is. You can see how her basically being an avatar to like the kind of young kind of girl audience that, uh, you know, Mattel really wants to court. And it kind mm-hmm. of like, and it also kind of ties in with the Ken thing. Cause I think when you're a young girl, like you maybe have aspirations for who you want to be, but you know, boys are just boys. Like you don't even yeah. know boys. You don't know what you do with boys. Like the characters yeah. Bar-Deal don't know what sex is. Mm-hmm. Like, Mm-hmm. Oh my god. That, okay, that little exchange, that already, like, has I given love it. me... I love it. Apparently some people were, like, giving shit about Ryan Gosling in this movie. It's like, no, no, you he's absolute perfectly fat. rubes. Like, you fools. God. Henry, I have a confession to make. Uh, back, in, uh-huh. back in the day, I used to think that... Uh, uh, Reynolds was the superior Ryan, and I was I was wrong. I was so wrong. Listen, I Emma, like. I don't think you need to be too ashamed. I think we all made a similar error because like we only knew Gosling because he was that one dude in the Notebook, and we were conditioned to think, oh, this is he's from a rom com thing that moms like. Therefore, he's inherently just this stupid, like pretty boy actor. When in fact, I would posit. Gosling has had like such an interesting career because this is a dude that has just owned so many weird roles. He just loves playing weirdos, and it's like I know, and it's like if I see like I feel like if I watch any recent movie with like Ryan Reynolds, he's just like the worst part of it now. Like he's become the epitome of the oh well that just happened type character in movies yeah like i watched the i watched the uh the hitman's wife's bodyguard the other day and mm. neither that movie nor the original are especially good but like you know samuel l jackson and selma hayek are like really funny in these movies and their characters are fun and like every time ryan reynolds character opens his mouth it's just like the most insufferable thing ever Oof. Yeah, I feel like that. Deadpool has had dire consequences to our society. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And that makes me wonder, like, with this upcoming movie, like, obviously they're playing it self-aware. So it's going to be an interesting thing to see, like, how, like, closely do they, like, how much do they play into the bit? How much do they Deadpool-ify Barbie like i i think like it's definitely like you know i don't think it's gonna be like this super like cynical thing really that's the thing yeah sincere because like i think there's a bit of a discussion where people are like well is this a kids movie or is it not a kids movie and i'm like Mm -hmm. i think you can cut you 
kind of put it into the you'll probably end up putting it in the same category as like something like you know the live action Scooby Doo movies where it's like yeah they're still kids movies but you know they got like your sexual innuendo there that like parents will understand but will go over mm-hmm. the kids heads and I feel like we've kind of maybe missed that kind of movie for a while and so and this is kind of sort of a return to that kind of style yeah so. I I agree. Well, I will say they have rated the Barbie movie as PG-13. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to think about. Uh, well, but it's thinking that, you know, it's a family movie. It's a movie you take mm-hmm. that both the parents and the kids can enjoy, you know? Yeah. I think when it comes to, like, this movie... That first joke about Barbie and Ken talking about, like, oh, what would we do? I have no idea. I think that paints, like, a really interesting thing where I'm kind of worried that some people are going to start expecting this thing to be, like, way more dark and gritty than it's going to be, like. Yeah, but the thing is, it's, like, that scene isn't really, like, dark or gritty. It's very innocent, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it's like yeah. Barbie and Ken are children. They don't, in this movie, they don't know exactly. what yeah. adults actually do. I think that's, well, like I said, I think this is like a thing where a lot of modern movie audiences, I feel like we've been kind of conditioned to not look at things genuinely within our movies. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always like this thought of like, oh, are they going to play things meta? Are they going to like wink at the camera? Are they going to make like quips about things? And none of those things are inherently bad, but I think the fact that so many like big blockbusters are kind of saturated in that kind of stuff, it makes it just feel very, uh, I don't know, limited. Like recently, um, you and I have both watched uh at time of recording the dungeons and dragons movie yeah which was a a lot of fun and like yeah like it kind of shows how you can have like a comedy based like action adventure movie that still like respects the characters and respects the audience you know yeah because that's the thing that like that movie did really well Mm because they like they made the humor character based and not like improv based which i think is like the kind of thing that we deal with a lot well, i think of, it's like... all about having variety like you know mm-hmm. if you got like a bard main character yeah of course he's going to be quippy but like maybe the the barbarian character will have more of like a kind of dry kind of humor about them or yeah and this character exactly. will have to will be more serious and you know this character's a nerd and it's all about like the dynamics and the character dynamics you know yeah. not just like trying to get like being like, see, we know that movies are movies, and are movie- some mm-hmm. have done. And you are yeah. smart for noticing that, audience. Like, it's just character-based humor. And I feel like we kind of saw that with, like, what we've seen of the Barbie film. I like the kind of dynamic they've shown us so far yes. with Barbie and Ken, where, like, you know, Ken will kind of do something kind of uh, ignorant and, or naive, and Barbie ends up being kind of exasperated with it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be really fun. Like, the fact that we now have a sea of Kenbos to work with, just absolutely amazing. Like, I am 
just so excited just for that. Like, so I think we might as well go into some things with the cast with this because we were looking at the cast list of this and we're like, what the heck is this movie going to be? Because we were looking at things and being like, Issa Rae's here, uh, Kate McKinnon's here, what? Dua Lupia's here, Michael Sarah is here. I, like, I love who are the these concept, people going to play? I love the concept of that the Kate McKinnon Barbie is like an like an abused Barbie that's had like her hair cut off and her like face scribbled on and stuff like that. Yeah, really no, fun. it's now that we've like seen this kind of thing, it just like it paints such an interesting picture of what we could expect now. Because now, now that we learned that like Barbie's taking place in this Barbie world, it's very funny to imagine just like some of the people that they have here now. Because like, who was your favorite Barbie that we've gotten to pick like a little snippet of? Oh man, um, hmm. Well, you know we gotta talk about our boy Alan. Huh. Yeah. Oh, the Alan. Most, the most jarrable man. <laughs> yeah, we might as well get talk about Alan right off the <laughs> bat. Yeah, because Michael Sarah's inclusion in the cast was one of those things that we were like, what? what is this? What is he going to do here? But yeah. Oh, it just makes sense. He's so listener. If you aren't aware on your Barbie history, uh, Alan is a very interesting person. He is a uh, a very, very briefly lived doll that Mattel produced in 1964 up to 1965. So he was advertised as a companion character to Ken. Uh, he was He's Ken's, Ken's best buddy. Bud. Trademark. His trademark, yeah. And um, the big advertise feature is that, oh, they're both the same size, so they can swap clothes. <laughs> like, and I know what you're thinking, listener. Oh, well, yeah, Mattel discontinued it after a year because they realized, oh, this this makes uh, Alan and Ken seem like uh, amorous companions. But this just as an interesting piece of history... As some of you guys might know, uh, Barbie and Ken are both named after the children of Ruth and Elliot Handler, the creators of Barbie. And Alan was the name of Barbara Handler's first husband, a guy named Alan Siegel. Now, if you want to know a little bit more about that, uh, we've released our little episodes about uh the life and times of ruth handler and you can listen to that a little bit but just knowing the kind of things that happened with alan as well as ken um makes that whole little dynamic all the more like hilarious in retrospect yeah it's i don't know it's it's nice to see him there um also, how do you feel about uh, the, you got uh, Simu Liu in here as like kind <laughs> of a rival Ken to Ryan Gosling Ken, which yeah. a lot of controversy surrounding that actor. Um, I don't know, like, I don't really know really enough capital, about it. Is it really capital C controversy or is it him just like getting into arguments with people on Twitter? 
Well, there's also, like, I don't really know enough about it, but, but apparently he's maybe have might have had, at one point, had some history of being in, like, Reddit incel forums or something like that. Oh, that Back in the it? day. Mm, yeah. So, that doesn't surprise me. But, that... I mean, in this movie, he is kind of playing the unlikable prickkin, so... Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Works. That's interesting. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That... Hmm. I'm gonna make the healthy decision and probably not way too deep into that one. Yeah. That seems like... Yeah. I think... I think uh, we should take a cue of what Simu Lee has not done and... uh post about that just <laughs> dude keeps posting yeah he is he is he is a poster which you know <sighs> i, I kind of feel like actors should just not be allowed to have social media it's like you don't need to be doing that just gonna intern to <laughs> do your stuff yeah i think levi is anything oh my god oh, yeah oh god oh, yeah that was I rough think... witness yeah no i think the fact that like i'm I mean, as a general thing, I think once you reach a certain level of fame and stuff, like, you, you probably, social media already does, like, messed up things to your brain, and when you compound that with the stuff that being rich and famous does to your brain, it's like... Yeah, it's like you need, if you know, you know glass onion, you need, a, you need a peg to, like, kind of be like, are you sure you want to tweet that? Maybe you yep. shouldn't tweet that. Let, mm -hmm. Let's not tweet that. Except, as Glass Onion shows, the pegs rarely get listened to. Yeah. But that said, the Simu Liu, uh, Ryan Gosling, uh, Ken dynamic, that leads to an interesting thing, honestly. Like, like that part in the trailer where it's showing them doing, like, this grease lightning rock paper scissors battle. I'm just like, what is the context of this? I am... I had they actually showed us like a few kind of dancing scenes. I know. Yeah, and it makes me like kind of excited just to see like what kind of stuff. And it makes me wonder like who is who is Alan gonna align with? Cause you know, he's gotta be Ken's best bud, but the question is, which Ken? Like, I could see like Michael Sarah like sorry, Alan going for our blonde Ken, but at the same time, like that that face, that just looks like the face of a Alan that could be just easily swayed to the dark side. I, I like to think that he's all the Kin's best friend. <laughs> like, they all share the Alan. Is what I'm thinking. Oh my god. there's only one of them. You have there to. Is. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta. I think that... But, but the question, if there's only one Alan, because we also have Midge in this and i'm like are there other midges or is she just the one midge i oh i don't know like uh, so i love that the midge in this is the controversial pregnant midge yeah no it's that's a <laughs> that's god that we might have to make an episode about that i mean doll. who do you think, think it's the think is the father it's probably alan oh my god yeah, the kids can't not be with the barbies Ken's can't not be the with the Barbies. You're right. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Hang on. I need so to do Alan a little Brooks bit of sleuthing. Confirmed. Confirmed. 
right here on the Alan, man yeah you know i can't believe alan managed to uh hook up with the lyricist for bad cinderella you know good for him wait what she did the yeah. lyrics for bad cinderella that yeah actually? emerald fennel worked on andrew lloyd webber's cinderella the world is small the world yeah is- <laughs> yeah no it was uh whole thing he she helped like she was like one of the main playwrights for that (laughs) yep so i'm i'm very excited and uh, the fact that they did make the the uh midge based off of the pregnant one like that shows like another positive thing that we've seen it's very clear that this is a movie that is not looking at the property of Barbie with revulsion. Because, like, as we've talked about in the past, Mattel's been trying to make this movie for, like, decades. And Mm -hmm. you might recall infamously it being originally slated back all all the way back in, like, 2010 with Amy Schumer as Barbie. And I feel like in a if it they had gone through with that movie, it would have been way more mean-spirited about it. Yeah, like, I think that would have been way more of like a parody. Yeah. Thing. And and with this it's like I do not doubt that they're going to be like poking fun at certain elements of Barbie, you know, hence the Allen and Midge thing, but it also seems to show like this interesting dynamic of like yeah, there's like all this Barbie history and, you know, a lot of people don't know how, that there's like all this really interesting uh stuff behind this doll and it comes yeah, with and I like think it just kind of speaks to sort of the evolving perceptions like i think a barbie live action movie that came out in like the 2010s would have been very different from what this movie mm-hmm. is going to end up being yeah especially like with the casting of this like i also think that they would have definitely not like casted it with this many different kinds of people in it like mm-hmm. i don't know because like looking at the other kens we got like um uh nakuti gatwa and uh, yeah we got we got new doctor who in this That'll be fun. oh my god he is the new doctor who holy crap yeah yeah and then uh kingsley Bene- uh benadir is also here and scott evans like like i don't know we got Although I will say, the fact that we have more than one cowboy Ken, that's interesting. You know, they do know that they gotta put Ryan Gosling at some point in this movie in the uh, the famous uh, gay Ken ensemble. They oh, gotta. Oh, you you're talking about the, uh, the... Like, the one with, oh. like, the mesh shirt and the little necklace? I would be so excited if we ended up seeing like earring magic but yeah because the costuming so far has been going pretty hard in this movie Mm-hmm. like i i am so interested in finding out like like in terms of like the wardrobe department like how how many like different like outfits that they have on supply because like i haven't been able to find who uh the like head of wardrobe is Oh, wait a minute. 
the costume designer Jacqueline Duran, who did the costuming for Little Women. We have an Oscar winner doing the costuming for this. I And I... Oh my god, she also did the costuming for the Batman? What? No. Holy crap, this girl's like... Oh my god, her IMDb is wild. Let's see. Yeah, no, Jacqueline Duran also did Little Women, uh, Anna Karenina, uh, which was another, like, Oscar contender for Best Costuming. 1917, um, Darkest Hour, uh, the 2017 Beauty and the Beast remake, okay, um, Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy, she's done a lot, wow, wow, like, to go from- yeah, no. To go from Batman to Barbie, that is... She's got range. Yeah, you know? Gotta got dig a gal who can uh, do it all. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jacqueline is also a Barbie. I don't know. I guess we've talked about the... Ken- like, is there anything else with the uh, bar- like Barbie actresses? We talked about Kate McKinnon. I don't know. Uh, I know we got... Um, we've also gotten some characters i assume are meant to be like the characters in the real world you like you got america ferrera who's like the real woman and then you got will ferrell as like the the boss yeah we also got this uh ariana greenblatt who she's like a younger girl she looks like she's like preteen. and then we also got helen mirren here as a narrator what national treasure helen mirren you know people people talk about uh underrated like disney pixar villains and no one seems to give a shout out to her playing that sexy dragon lady in monsters university there i said it i spoke out honestly i feel like this and like some of the other movies that we've been seeing this is kind of like a side of like the us kind of leaving the dark and gritty era of Hollywood. Like we've there's kind of- been so much like gritty movies as there's just been like very samey movies. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the reason why we're seeing so much buzz about this movie is because it, it feels like something just like very different from what we're used to in a blockbuster. And I think that is a testament to the fact that like, this is a movie that is like, like, unabashedly targeted to women like yeah that's who the main primary audience is which is kind of uncommon when you think about it like hollywood has repeatedly followed what is called uh the peter pan rule this was a rule that was established by roger corman who was the the king of schlock in the area of new hollywood and the mindset goes uh rule a a Younger kid is always going to want to see what an older kid watches because of, like, their older siblings. B, a uh, girl is way more likely to watch what a boy wants to watch. C, a older kid is not going to want to watch, like, what a younger kid wants to watch. And D, a boy is not going to want to watch what is targeted to girls. Therefore... In order to get the widest possible audience, uh, Hollywood has been long entrenched into this mindset that you need to target teenage boys because that is going to get you the most wide range of people that are willing to watch these movies. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like we we live in a post-brony world, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's nice to see, like, 
all kinds of people coming to sort of embrace like this is a, a thing for women that you can also get attached to and get excited for. Like yeah. it's got some, like, I don't know. I feel like some people like have this idea that like all art needs to be relatable to everyone when mm-hmm. I, that's just not true. Well, I mean, part of the thing is that like for a majority of human history, Art hasn't been relatable to a vast majority of people who weren't well, yeah, yeah, yeah. straight white, white dudes. Think that their experience is the universal experience. It, yeah, exactly. They're the main characters of the world. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that is, like, a thing where we are starting to see a little bit more variety in the kind of stuff that's available out there. And that's also interestingly enough reflected in like some of the casting. I'm just saying if they somehow managed to put in a Bibble reference in here like I will I, I know will point, I know I will scream like, and I will clap I... in the theater, <laughs> like when people saw the Spider-Mans <laughs> I will I will stand up and cheer like a crowd of Tamil film goers during Not To Not To I will lose my shit if I see one pink hair off of that puffball bastard. Like, it's, like, ugh. Except, it leads to the thing of, like, how would they how would they render it, though? Like, do they make it with the big eyes, like, the CGI movies? Or do they make it look like the doll version that is more cute and Beanie I'm, Baby-like? I'm thinking that it's going to be a subtle cameo. I think we're going to, like look at Barbie's giant, like, pink bed, and she's going to have all these stuffed animals, and uh, on top, you'll just see a little a little blue puffball. Oh, my God, no, Emma, no. that's how they, oh, my God, there's going to be a fucking nutcracker on, like, one of the mantelpieces or yeah. something like that. Like, yeah. oh, my God. That's my hope. Uh, Bibble cameo, anything else that you're absolutely hoping for? Let Barbie say fuck. That's my hope. Barbie saying fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Let Barbie say fuck. Yeah. That's out of my phone. <sighs> All right. I think I think that's gonna about do it. You, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what the future holds, but until then, thank well. you all for listening. We hope to return to you again with some more doll-related goodness, but until next time, manifest it. Get Bibble into this movie. We have to. Just We will boycott if you, the Barbie movie if there is no Bibble. Hashtag deep Bibble. It all started at the dance. Barbie, the famous teenage fashion model doll by Mattel, felt that this was to be a special night. And then it happened. She met Ken. And somehow she knew that she and Ken would be going together. So now Mattel brings you Ken, Barbie's boyfriend, with a complete wardrobe of perfectly tailored clothes of unmatched quality. Now Ken and Barbie meet for lunch at school, go to fraternity parties, and just relax together. Think of the fun you'll have taking Barbie and Ken on dates, dressing each one just right. You'll find Ken wherever toys are sold, Look for this special tag that tells you he's the genuine Ken. Get both Barbie and Ken and see where the romance will lead. 
it could lead to this. And remember, you can tell it's Mattel. It's well. Welcome back, listener. When we're recording this, both of us have returned from watching the Barbie movie in theaters. The life and times of Barbara Roberts. Barbara Roberts, indeed. Oh, God. I uh, Stop. I'm going to freaking start crying just, again. Just, just full disclosure for everyone. Henry was, like, sobbing during the okay, Yes. <laughs> okay, listen. I'm not afraid to say it. I am a... Like Ken, I am a empowered man. You feel is, you feel a lot of emotions. I feel so many emotions about this movie, guys. <laughs> this, <laughs> oh man, so like you've seen the Barbie movie. We've all seen the Barbie movie. We know what goes down. Yeah, right? if you've yeah, if you are listening to this podcast, you you've probably seen this movie, and you're wanting to hear our thoughts on it because lord knows we we have a lot of thoughts on these movies and emma it feels very appropriate if i start with you it says let you share your thoughts yeah yeah so i mean like what can you say like they they gave us this barbie movie that's weird and different and colorful and fun and just not like really anything else that it's been seen before. Mm. And on one hand, there is something very, I think, inspiring about that to get to see that vision released. On the other hand, like there's like that kind of cynical part of me that like deep down is like, mm, I kind of feel like executives might get kind of like the wrong sort of message from this movie and how successful it's been. Yeah. But like, because... I don't know. I feel like both with like Barbie and Oppenheimer, like the discourse cycle has run so many times on these movies now where it's almost kind of hard. Like, like we're probably going to be releasing this episode like two weeks after like the bar, the movie. Like, I'm sure we'll go through like like, five more discourse cycles. People will be discoursing about this movie. And, and the thing is like, I just sort of tried to just sort of take in the movie as it is. And as it is, like, it's a super, fun and yeah. colorful and it's like weird in an unapologetic way yeah which i really appreciate like to that point of what you said of executives taking the wrong lessons from this by now people have been like sharing around articles about mattel's plan to make a whole cinematic universe kind of thing not even a cinematic universe but making a bunch of movies based off of their own different properties and stuff like that which yeah i think uh people are pretty valid and finding that a little bit cynical and be raising eyebrows to it. I'll be honest, I don't, I don't see it doing that well because uh, I don't know. It just seems like a, a company diving headfirst into a giant film franchise. Like I don't know. There isn't a lot of precedent of that like going well in the long run. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess no one's catching the latest Dark Universe movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no disrespect. Well, actually, I was going to say no disrespect to Lena Dunham, but uh, mm, I think the thing with like Barbie that makes it so different and why so many audiences are resonating with it is that yeah, one of the wrong lessons that executives are going to take from this is that, oh, we should make more movies that adapt recognizable toy brands because that's what's going to sell. But the thing that 
in my mind that makes people resonate with Barbie more is like you said, it's this unapologetic weird movie. It's clear that this is a bit of a passion project for a lot of the people that were working on it. Like, like the fact that like, this is a movie that was made because Margot Robbie like stepped into like produce it and like take this role. It's like, and I think the reason why this movie works, where like trying to do this like with a different toy brand wouldn't work, I think is because Barbie is just kind of so ubiquitous as yeah. a fashion doll that like you can kind of like read a whole lot more into Barbie and what she represents in a way that you really couldn't with like uh with Hot Wheels. With a Hot Wheels or even like a Bratz or a Polly Pocket. Or Max yeah. Steel. Or yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Like cause one like very few this... toy brands are like Barbie or are even like, you know, Lego, how that was kind of like and I kinda can see the success of this movie kind of going down that same route where they had the Lego movie, which you know, was kind of showing like, hey, you can make something based off a toy brand, but still make it emotionally resonant when you like focus more on like what what like, does this thing mean to people mean to people yeah and then like you know people are gonna like run it into the ground and then like we also how that kind of turned out with those lego movies yeah so though to your point about like uh the lego movie exploring like oh what does this thing mean to people something i find very interesting about this movie and part of the reason why it's resonated with me to the point of like mi- causing just so many tears um is like it seems that one of the big like theses of this movie like it's clear that this movie is grappling with a lot of like different ideas and is like but one of the ideas that really stuck with me is this thought of like why do we impart meaning into things because that's one of the things that one of the things that they're exploring is like what like like what does Barbie mean to uh, different people? But I don't know. To me, it felt like the end of the movie kind of implies that, like, uh, the stuff itself, like the uh, like a Barbie or what insert brand here, that's not the thing that has value. We put the value into it because we have value, and like that's I don't know. That's something that, like, I was not expecting such a, like, absurdist. I say absurdist in the uh, philosophical sense, like your Albert Camus and stuff like that. Like, and it, like a sort of, like, philosophically absurdist movie of, like, yeah, things are inherently chaotic. There really isn't a whole lot of meaning, but, you know... We, that means we should be able to put our own meaning into things and figure that out for ourselves. And that, that is, I find that really beautiful and I'm getting emotional again. Yeah, I do really think like that ending was very well executed. Like, I kind of feel like before we go on, we just have to bring up the Ruth Handler of it okay. all. Okay. Like, what Yo, better timing for us to do? freaking called it. Like, okay, not to, to say or called, but, but yeah, no. Not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but yeah. Yeah, like, we've gotten a couple of messages. I've even ran into, like, some people who told me that, like, yeah, I'm so glad that uh, I listened to the Ruth Handler episodes before we did. So, 
in the off chance that you're listening to this and you haven't seen the Barbie movie yet, maybe listen to our three-part series about Ruth Handler's life because there are things that they that we talk about in there that they brought up in the movie that like added a lot more emotional depth. I think that's partially why one of the other things that made me really emotional in this movie is the fact that like as someone who like spent a really long time like reading through like uh her biography and doing all this research and stuff like gaining like that sort of nuanced understanding and then seeing them like pay tribute to that person in a way while also acknowledging the fact that hey she's not a perfect person you know yeah and i kind of feel like that's sort of maybe the thesis of the movie about how we have like there's because fundamentally at the end of the day in the movie the barbies and the kids are not really people no like they are ideas they were created by people and like at the end when you get the juxtaposition between you know barbie who's kind of like the perfect sort of like representation of like you know femininity and Mm. uh being a perfect kind of woman and then you juxtapose her next to Ruth Handler who was, you know, a very flawed person and how that that kind of acknowledges, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, um... People die, but ideas... Yeah, yeah, and, like, you know, (sighs) ideas are ideas, but they come from, like, the humanity of people. And that's what gives them... God. God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I just... This, this... I really just enjoyed this movie. Just, they, it's, like, the fact that, like, a Barbie movie is getting us to be, like, to have conversations about, like, these kind of, like, principles and stuff. It's, like, I really genuinely feel like, unless they had, like, the people who are, like, genuinely passionate, if this was, like, just a cynical cash grab, they would not have, like, wanted to explore some of those things and the fact that also they like specifically uh kind of call out like the fact that yeah we we done did some goofs at mattel at times like the like like the fact that like they showed like the the times then like yeah we made this we made this uh barbie it didn't go great yeah i think it's almost kind of like a double-sided coin, because on one hand, like, there's, um, there's always a bit of me that just feels a little bit of, like, eh, when, like, companies kind of do the thing, like, look, we can make fun of ourselves, too, you That's guys, true. we're yeah. in on it, but, like, at the same time, you also see, you know, with Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig, there was, like, I think a genuine passion to make, mm. you know, something that was important and impactful in this, yeah. and, like, you know, and it's, like, you know, we got people like Greta Gerwig who are really kind of sort of the real new young stock of our generation of filmmakers mm-hmm. and you really want to see them nurtured and grow into doing the things they really want to do. Yeah. And it's like kind of on one hand, it's kind of frustrating that a lot of these, you know, kind of like young smart people get kind of like put into sort of the IP machine. Yeah. You the know? only way you can. Yeah. It, it, it would be, it would be nice if we did live in a world where like, there could be movies that similarly explore these kind of emotions uh, without it having to be attached to a brand and mm-hmm. stuff. Though, it, yeah, it, and it's like, 
an interesting dilemma that I know a lot of people, especially in the artistic field, like kind of feel of like part of the reason why we're seeing like a lot of brand movies now, like your Tetris movies, the the uh, uh, the pinball movie, the like the flaming hot Cheeto movie, the Air Jordans movie, the Air Jordans movie, yeah, because uh, now that people are getting kind of burnt out on like c- cinematic universes and stuff. They still want that kind of nostalgia and comfort. So instead, like, bringing up, uh, I think that's partially the source for why we have certain movies that are, like, using brands as, like, a kind of feeling of, like, nostalgia. Like, there was so much in this movie that's, like, characters, like, I'm thinking, like, I had that playset as a kid. I had that Barbie as yeah, a kid. Like, yeah, yeah. To and, point where it's almost a bit like, okay. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's... It's definitely a thing where, like, I definitely understand the people that are not hot on this movie because of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. I think, like, it's one of those things where I'm glad that, uh, considering, like, Mattel has been trying so hard to make this movie. I'm glad that this is the form that it came out in. Like, could it kind you... of, like, turned out the best it could have been. Like, that's this movie, especially honest... for a movie that's been in development hell for so exactly, long. Exactly. Like, the fact that it came out this good, you're um, like, okay. Yeah, no, no, that's legit, like, part of my thing of, like, my, like... Like, there's a, there's a version of this movie that could have existed that could have been just utter trash. Oh, my like. God. Absolutely. Like... No disrespect to Amy Schumer, but, like, uh, I, I, I don't think she probably would have been able to bring the same kind of vibe that Margot Robbie was able to bring to this. Because, uh, I don't know, I, in, the, in the performances I've seen Amy Schumer in, she, she doesn't do emotional vulnerability that often. Yeah, well, I feel like, like, I don't know, I guess there's, like, probably a version of this where it's just, like... Isn't Barbie stupid or whatever? Oh, yeah, exactly. Something that's, like, more mean-spirited and, like, done as, like, a kind of, like, pastiche of, like, all that kind of stuff. Before we we move on to that, I do want to make one more note about Ruth Handler. Yeah, About this one, especially doing that podcast where we kind of, like, learned a lot about Ruth Handler. That line she has where she was like, I couldn't control my own daughter. We were like, oh, yeah. Like, no. Now knowing the kind of the context of, About like, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, and I think the thing that I really appreciated about Ruth Handler's presence in this also is that even if you didn't, like, know stuff about her life, like, that line, the way it was written and, like, all that stuff, like, it gave a very clear impression that, like, uh... The filmmakers like did their research on her yeah. and like learned this stuff and they were trying to figure out ways like okay we know this stuff about her life how can we like allude to that to the audience and still like make it thematically cogent and like yeah it's it's yeah it's real it's real neat like oh uh, also can i just say how freaking beautifully shot that those last moments with her with her and Ruth just in that big old void room and it's and like, wasn't like all the the footage they use like footage of like the cast and crew I like think, home video type stuff I think stuff. so yeah. and that uh it's just maybe so uh, sometimes yeah. sometimes the 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 beauty and love for humanity gets you doesn't it, it yeah it freaking does mm-hmm. I, 
it, it points out the like the thing that made me lose my freaking mind watching it is that like the whole message of the movie is you can be anything and it's like you took the freaking tagline of the brand but made it like but put it into the context of like actual the actual complexity of like human life and it's like mm, oh like oh that that yeah yeah hats off hats off with it. i just uh we were talking so much about the freaking Ruth Handler biopic, and it's like Ray Perlman was right there, and that girl deserves an Oscar. Get her up on that stage. Like, I kind of want to see the Ruth Handler biopic, but also I'm like, God, ooh. Considering her presence in the movie, I'm like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of just want people to be able to, like, learn about Ruth Handler themselves without, like, Mattel potentially presenting a sanitized biopic of it yeah i kind of feel like with this movie like there's probably not gonna be a big you know yeah. ruth handler isn't quite like an elvis presley where we need like their life story from like five different perspectives yeah as fascinating as that story is yeah but uh but yeah i don't know uh i just i think we can talk about like just some kind of more specific things about the movie mm-hmm. uh margot robbie of course you know really good she yeah she did a good job I don't know, you made a joke about how, like, Ken gets to do, like, all the stunts and stuff. Yeah, and Ken, like, the, it is the kind of thing where, like, Ryan Gus and Ken kind of gets to do all the fun stuff, while Margot Robbie, Barbie is pretty much kind of a, a bit of a hot mess and sad the whole yeah, time. to which I say, like, she's probably, like, super tired of doing all those freaking stunts for those Suicide Squad movies. She's probably fine being, like, oh, I can just do, like, some character acting and be sad. Yeah. Uh, cool, but... Like, I don't know, just, just speculation, but I don't know, that's what I like to think. But I don't know, I I really, yeah, I think she did, like, a very good job. And I do also, like, the fact that she was able to bring, like, that kind of emotional core to, like, that. Because something you pointed out was, like, her arc is essentially, like, a coming-of-age story. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was, like, thinking what this was kind of going to be when we were getting that initial teaser Mm. and it pretty much is like you know she is a child who doesn't really know anything about like the complexities of human life and uh at the end she uh is ready to become an adult and enter the real world and also gets a vagina so good for her good for her good for her good for her (laughs) drink cranberry juice barbie oh god or or, i don't know anything that can get vitamins in say always pee after sex (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but so. but yeah, um, I don't know. I did like that one joke, though, where she was like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm not pretty enough. And like the, the Helen Mirinari was like, note to the filmmakers, uh, Margot Robbie is not the person you want to cast. <laughs> <laughs> to make this point, especially. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's very, that's very cute. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the other, like, fun moments with with Barbie. I like I that sequence where like I I love the beginning of like we got our beginning musical number 
And then, like, we do it a second time. With her. Lizzo talking in the, the sky, narrating what Barbie is doing. Yeah, and her dealing with, like... It was, it was a good a good bit. And I do, I do really enjoy the kind of, like, doll set things they had yeah, going on. Yeah, no. The doll it, food, I thought that was very they, fun. That was very... Oh, God. Well, yeah, actually, I feel like... You mentioned that, like, uh, Ken does more of the fun stuff. I feel like, uh, like... Barbie gets to kind of like, uh, well, rather Margaret Robbie gets to kind of showcase more of her comedic chops because she's kind of Buster Keatoning it a little bit. Like she's like she's like trying to maintain like that kind of straight face while all of this stuff is happening. Like the the multiple times where she like uh, like accidentally dumps food on her face. Mm-hmm. Actually, that scene where she sneaks into the Ruth Handler ghost office, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that was such a weird scene. <laughs> like the, I, I don't know but like the, her like trying to like uh like drink tea for the first time that's i don't know i found that kind of it was funny and cute and like i feel like that's kind of like like more of the the thing because like a thing with barbie throughout this is that she's kind of always trying to keep that smiling face up mm. and it and the moments when like you could see her like that exterior, and then she does that little like sad runaway from things. It's, it's very funny. <laughs> we really need to talk about Ryan Gosling, Ken, <sighs> who was very much not a Kenbo in this. He was a toxic Ken boy. Yeah, he was a. Uh, yeah, he was a. Yeah, Ken boy in the uh, boi sense. It's uh, he. <laughs> what? It's very funny. When when there was like that press release going around of Ryan Gosling being like, yeah, I signed on because this was like the best one of the best scripts I've ever read, and people were kind of doing like, oh, the Barbie movie really? And it's like, yeah, yeah, no, I I I can see why he would be really attracted to this this project, and not just because he found that uh, the, that the, Ken the doll cement in the, the, the dirt, dirt next to an orange, <laughs> yep, classic. Uh, like he just like. I love his random yelling. I love the weird <laughs> things he's. You know, I, I can find. One, I know one word to describe his performance. What? Sublime. <laughs> that moment was very, very <laughs> funny. But like, <laughs> like, okay, that that was one thing though. Like, I kind of, I don't know. I kind of feel like the Ken metaphor with the Barbie land was a little bit like, it's, it's a bit messy. Like I, yeah, I don't know. So I'm sure by now, listener, you're aware of the fact that, uh, a certain sphere of politically minded people are like, uh, not digging this movie or talking about how it's anti-man and like, and how like, Oh, Oh, they, they cucked Ken. Oh, they 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 made him a soy boy. And like, I don't know. I think to me, it's more like Ken kind of like fails to be an tries to be an alpha man and kind of fails. Well, no, I feel like I don't know. For me, like as a dude, it, to me, it kind of felt like a the ways that like patriarchy also can be stifling to men as well. Like, at the start of the Barbie movie, like, the Kens are basically, like, second-class citizens, sort of, like, basically how, like, 
women are treated in the real world and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like, when Ken goes to the... There's that thing of, like, oh, because Ken is loved, doesn't feel loved and appreciated and stuff for who he is, it's really easy for him to get, like, basically radicalized into, like, that sort of kind of toxic, uh, like, you know alpha male kind of stuff where Ken goes to the real world and he sees patriarchy in action and he's liking what he's seeing and that because he's like oh this is going to give me power and validation and people are respecting me except when he gets to Barbie land and then he does the patriarchy he's still not happy and he still doesn't get Barbie exactly he still doesn't get what he wants like and to me that feels like a kind of way that like those sort of like alpha male kind of manosphere dudes like to me it kind of feels like the end result of that kind of pitch of oh dudes if you want to get the bitches you gotta treat her this way and all that stuff and like like there's so many guys that are like conditioned to act a certain way and act in ways that like cut off their emotions and like all they get out of it is like sure maybe they get their little mojo dojo casa house or like their little mini fridge and maybe they can order people around but that's still not going to make them happy mm-hmm. there's that phrase masculinity is a prison all the kids are kind of like basically performing this singular role of masculinity and not all of them are in alan's not into this even though he's should theoretically be a guy he's like i don't his present there, like, really shows, like... You gotta love... I, lo- I love, like, his, like, reaction shots oh, to things. Oh, it's and- very good. <laughs> but I do agree that there are certain things that are a little bit muddled with the Kens. Yeah, because, they- because, like, it's like you said, like, the Kens are disadvantaged in the Barbie society yeah. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Well, yeah, the kids should want to be like treated better if they're like uh-huh. kind of treated in this way, and it like it kind of becomes a bit of like a joke in the end. It's like, and one day kids got about as much representation in the Barbie pol- political universe as women do in real life, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, like I get it, but at the but same time, like, in maybe real... maybe we can like do maybe Barbie Lane can do better than the real world. Yeah, is that the whole. Yeah, Barbie Land is supposed to be, like, idealized, like, post-feminist, like, society. Like, it kind of, like, because, like, you know, there's no, like, real-world analog to the whole, like, kingdom thing. It's not like there was ever a time where women, like, took over the world. Yeah, exactly. Like, Like, (laughs) it's, it's, like, yeah. So, I, I agree that, yeah, that is kind of muddled at the end a bit. But, I don't know, for me, like... It felt pretty resonant of, like, as, like, a guy who has had people uh, give me shit for not performing masculinity a certain way. Dude, dude posted a Barbie podcast. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a thing where, like, I found it, like, actually kind of refreshing to kind of, like, reflect that experience of how, like, all these dudes that, like, are trying to, like find meaning in their lives kind of like grafting onto like stupid bullshit Mm -hmm. because yeah 
And <laughs> that was one detail. I did love how just all the kin houses just had like a looping video of a horse running, just yeah. like in the they just in the love the horses because horses are an extension of men. <laughs> yeah. Which, I thought I thought we we established on this podcast that actually cars are horses for men. Oh god. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like but But then again, the horse is kind of the pre-car. So <laughs> Yeah. After like, men got cars, then women got the horses. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think it's like I do think it's interesting that there is that like I don't know. I think it speaks to the fact that, like, we just don't really get movies where, like, where men get kind of treated that way. Because, like, a, a, a joke that I've seen online is that, like, uh, oh, these guys are uncomfortable with the Kens in these movies because they're treated like how women are treated in, like, 90% of Hollywood movies. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. But I still think that, like... I find it just, like, really... I don't know. I just find, like, this whole thing with Ken... Like, I will tell you, like, I feel like there are going to be, like, people that are going to be kind of, like, studying Ryan Gosling's performance in acting classes in the future. <laughs> like, it's a... It is a... <laughs> he just says so much. Like, it's... Yeah. He definitely seems to be having the most fun out of anyone, just like... Like, they get him to do so many things. Like, I want to say that whole, like, musical They did a freaking sequ- dream ballet. Like... And... and I remember I, when I was watching that, I was like, dang, Ryan Gosling should be in a musical, completely forgetting the existence of La La Land, <laughs> which is something I, I try to do. Yeah, um, as we all should. Um, but... This is an anti-La La Land podcast. Oh, absolutely. I do not. Damien Chazelle made one How do you make a musical movie without a single bop? (laughs) (laughs) Like, how? (laughs) Oh, God. But yeah, no, I just... Yeah. They robbed Lin-Manuel Miranda of his EGOT and you'll never forget. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, I just... I, I don't know. I just found, like... I just found a lot of the stuff with Ken just so endearing. <laughs> like, I don't know. The aside from uh so we got the dance number. I, I we'll I feel like we'll talk about the dance number a little bit more when we get to some of the other Kens, but like we got sublime. Like, what are some of your other top Ken moments in this movie? Oh god. I think him like throwing the various like uh, clothing items of Barbies <laughs> out the window and it keeps on like freeze framing like the names of the Oh man. It's yeah. That's very good. It's so good. I uh, I I liked the um his taste in music. <laughs> God what was that song he was playing? I, I wanna push it. Yeah, yeah. Was that Nickelback? No. Oh, I don't <laughs> I don't know. That's not Nick- they all sound like freaking Nickelback. <laughs> Who's what song was that? I I forget the band name. It was a very popular band of the nineties. Yeah, I remember that song. I just uh, it was, but it was just like I like how it's all the Ken's favorite song. Yeah, it. Uh, it <laughs> I like how the only songs they listen to it's either uh, "Closer to Fine" for Barbie or <laughs> the, that push for the Ken's. Yeah, it's. <laughs> 
they don't they don't have a very wide range of music taste in Barbie Land, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it is very, is very, is very funny. Yeah, <laughs> then yeah, but then uh, I guess who else in? I well, mean, we got we mentioned... Gloria and her daughter, yeah, America Ferrera. Yeah, who's, you know, it's just kind of sort of there to be kind of the. You know, the human contact for Barbie and the real world who also helps the feminism build the the brainwashed Barbies in Barbie land. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I... There's the one thing. I kind of feel like her and her daughter could have been developed a bit more. Okay, yeah. Because, like, like, we know that, like, she's, like, depressed. And we Uh know that her and her daughter are restrained. But we don't really, like... We don't know what the source of that is. Like, I thought, like, just looking at those, like, kind of, like, flashback series they have of them, that they're... The father was like dead or something. Yeah, but, but no, now, he's he's fine. He's, he's just, just chilling on Duolingo. So it's like, so I'm kind of like wondering, especially because you do kind of have that theme of motherhood with uh-huh. Ruth Handler and Barbie at the end. It's like I feel maybe, like that could have been more, even more impactful like, if we actually got a lot more insight to like the yeah the what was going on with the with uh, Gloria and her daughter because we know they're estranged, but like. We never really see white, and we never really get much like in like it's just like they just kind of make up, and we don't. Yeah, really... yeah, it's kind of like the. Do- it's like they go on a nice vacation to Barbie Land, and they're all cool and she, again. Yeah, yeah, like I feel like the implication is that it's like a whole like oh mom you work too much kind of thing, and maybe she resents Barbie because of that, but it's still like oh like, no, it's, that would have been very like vague. Like, yeah, like it would either. I don't know. Something that I think would have been very interesting is how, like, maybe, like, uh, she would, like, the mom was just, like, so into Barbie that she kind of forced it on the daughter. And, like, maybe maybe it was a thing of, like, oh, you should only play, like, with Barbies, like, this way. And, like, maybe that kind of... There's, It'd be kind of of like the the father and son from the Lego movie. Maybe. That could have been a way to do it. But, like, like, because I feel like, yeah, that's something that, that would have been something that I think would have, like, helped really uh, emphasize, like, that kind of, like, theme of, like, motherhood and daughters and, like, those kind of relationships. And also, like... Yeah, because there is kind of, like, an implication that, like, she, like, you know, Gloria kind of felt this pressure to be kind of, like, the perfect, like, career woman uh-huh. and also the perfect mom at the same time. Yeah. And, and how she, like, struggled to, like, live up to that ideal. Yeah, and because she struggled wish... to live up to the ideal, it passes on to Barbie. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I feel like that could have been explored more. Exactly. Like, I, I enjoyed that speech America for gave about, like, the kind of contradictions that like women deal with but like the, the the gone girl cool girl speech walked so that one could yeah i guess maybe um god if she less. gets a freaking oscar nomination for this movie i would be so happy <laughs> oh god but yeah i feel like i i definitely agree that the uh it would have been nice to have their thing more developed because like i feel like the daughter sasha like a uh I see what you did there, Mattel, uh, Greta, to like throw some shade at the ca- 
at the Bratz people because yeah. like Sasha's friends all look exactly the same as like the other Bratz girls. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> what were the what were the name of the other cats? Uh, Yasmin. Yes, Yasmin. Uh, Chloe? Jade. Chloe. Yeah. And yeah. Sasha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like. It feels very like they intentionally casted Sasha's friends to look like the other brats, which yeah, I, I, I see what you did there. I think that would, cause like, but, and I also like the fact that they made Sasha like kind of call out Barbie for like, yeah, you've been kind of negatively contributing to like pe women's pop body image stuff. But at the same time, it, it never really, like, develops that, that no, much. Yeah, and it also kind of, like, when I first saw it, it kind of, like, gave the vibe of, like, oh, this is what an adult thinks, like, a young teen. It's like these SJWs. Exactly, yeah. She, cause, They're getting mad at Barbie and making Barbie sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kids. You shouldn't criticize these pa established Barbie's powers. just trying her best. She's <laughs> trying her best. Yeah, exactly. Like, the fact that... She, she calls Barbie a fascist. It's like, like, yeah, I guess teenagers who are like inclined to, you know, pursue more egalitarian thinking. Yeah. When you're first like trying to become more conscious that way. Yeah. A lot of teens are like crazy articulate because, you know, they're still developing and learning. That's kind of part of growing up and stuff. And like, yeah, you could say that that's, kind of reflective but the fact that they don't really show like her journey to like kind of realizing maybe the contradictory stuff of like hey you know it's like sasha your criticisms of like barbie are pretty valid yeah she does contribute to negative body image and she does kind of contribute to like environmental degradation by the like uh glorification of consumerism like, those are valid criticisms with Barbie. But, like, also the fact that... The fact that she called her, like, a professional bimbo. It's, like... I feel like something that would have been... Like, that would have strengthened her presence is, like... Realizing that, hey... I can... Maybe I can criticize these power structures without, like... Throwing, like other people under the bus and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, what do you I think? I don't know. But kind of day, Barbie isn't a person. Yeah, know? exactly. Like, She's an idea and stuff, it, which... So it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel... I feel a bit of too... Because, like, of course, like, you know, this movie made by Mattel isn't going to address, like a lot of, like, substantial criticisms one could have of, like, a big toy company like mm -hmm. Mattel. Like, like, hey, you're polluting our waterways with all your plastic. Yeah, and also, the, like, it's telling that they made a joke about, like, uh, growing up Skipper, but they didn't make any jokes about the, uh, the manufacturing practices that went into making Barbie. <laughs> yeah, because that's shops. not, like, that's not something you can be like, see, we, we, can, we can criticize ourselves, too, because that's, like, so, what are you talking about? They empower so many women by working in those Malaysian sweatshops. Oh, God. God, ugh. I'm yeah, sick. I don't know. It kind of, like, it did kind of feel like... I don't know, like... Especially when you're kind of, like, giving this sort of, like, human face to Barbie. Who, yeah. Who like, gets, like, upset when, like, she, like, hears these sayings. It's like... 
I don't know. It's it's yeah. I like I said. I think it would have been like it would have been a lot more helpful if they, as you said, like show her journey into like realizing that. Yeah. Why? More. Like, because it it's like kind of implied in the movie that like. She doesn't actually believe those things. She's just, like, feeling that because she's, like, mad at her mom. Yeah. And is like, oh, I'm not like those other girls. And when it's like, no, 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 Sasha, you, you're, you're good. Like, maybe explore those feelings, but also keep the criticism. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, like I said, it's like kind I said, of. Like I said, it's, it's a little bit messy. Yeah. And... Also, the, her line where it's like, yeah, go, white savior Barbie. It, it's like. Uh, I don't know how to feel about that line, to be honest. Well, I guess they do kind of acknowledge after that, that, like, you know, Gloria was kind of the... It was more of a team effort than, like, Barbie being the hero. That's true. Was kind of the one who sort of... That's true, yeah. ...was able to, like, yeah. find the solution. Yeah, that's true. I, I think that line just stuck out to me because that was just kind of, like, another one of those things of, like, oh, yeah, that's what you guys think teens sound like, huh? <laughs> Yeah, but, like, um, yeah, and there's also the, the Mattel executives that they show, and that's in third. That was another part of the movie that I had some weird feelings about. I don't know. One like, thing I have to note first, I think it's very funny how they run. They all, like, <laughs> they're just, like, like, doing, like, like a, like a, like a, like a light kind of, like, a little job. light dancey job, like 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 a bit like a Tom Cruise run, but at like half speed. Just yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was, th- that was very over the top. Like, yeah, we'll- which that is kind of like, is that kind of like weird that they go into the real world, but like the Mattel like building is like kind of in a different plane of existence. It's than the yeah, because it's a li- yeah, because the. Because the filmmaking there does get way more abstract and it's a little bit weird. Like, they got all these, like, corridors. They got a button that says all the way to the top. Yeah, they got They a got fi- Ruth Handler's ghost in the basement. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't... Like, the fact that the FBI called them to say that, like, Barbie and Ken escaped. And it's like... That's... I don't know. It, it kind of read, like they wanted to like get a little bit like more abstract and silly with the stuff there. And that was kind of like their main opportunity outside of Barbie land to do that. Yeah. But, yeah it's still, still it is kind of a thing like, you know, when they're actually depicting Mattel as a company, it's like a very much fictionalized yeah. version of it. Yeah. So, cause I will say Will Ferrell is very, funny. he is very funny in this movie. <laughs> like, was the only where he's like, you know, I respect women. I am the the nephew of a woman aunt. Or something. Some of my friends are even Jewish. And it's like, <laughs> now get in the box, you Jezebel. <laughs> it's like, he calls her a Jezebel. <laughs> what, we can't say Jezebel anymore? <laughs> that's, just, that's such an old-timey, like, thing to say, too. So. Get this broad out of here. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, toots. <laughs> yeah. Get in the box. We got the twist ties for you. Oh, God. Like, that said, it did feel very telling that they were like, Barbie did go to Mattel and was like, oh, can I speak to the lady who runs this company? And, and he's like, oh, 
Yeah, we don't have any... We had a woman CEO once, and also one, one other in, time. In the 90s. Yeah. Which, I think that one was, like, alluding to, like, Ruth Handler, to which I was like, yeah, but y'all ousted her after you guys did get enough profits. <laughs> like, yeah. that's a... Like, it, like, yeah, sure, maybe you keep your go- her ghost in the headquarters, Mattel, but also, like, you did oust her in the 70s. That was very much a thing that happened. That was kind of a a pretty big deal in her life. So, but yeah, I'm just gonna look up the Mattel board of directors just to see how many ladies are on this thing. Um, <laughs> okay, there. I'm counting one, two, three, five, five people on the board of directors uh, that are ladies. Uh, so you know, they they got it slightly more. Um, who is the CEO of Mattel? Okay, well, yeah, uh, it's Yon uh, Kreitz. Uh, it's spelled uh, Y-N-O-N-C-R-E-I-Z. Is, is yeah. that like Polish? Or? Yeah, I think so. I I know he's like European. And then the uh, operating partner, R. Todd Bradley, he runs uh, One Equity Partners. And Mattel apparently also has like investments in Adobe like, Anne Lewis, the former CEO, like, she used to be the CMO and EVP of Adobe Systems. So, uh, yeah. so like, you know, they got a lot of, uh, they got some ladies on there. But, you know, it's, I think the point still stands that, like, although there was that one line when Ken is talking to that one business dude and because they wouldn't give him a job. And he was like, you're not doing patriarchy very well. And he says, oh, we're doing it very well. We're just quiet about it. And it's like, which, yeah, that feels like a pretty telling line. Like, I feel like uh, that's not the kind of line that, uh, that Mattel maybe wouldn't have allowed in that, uh, in the movie a couple of years ago. Yeah, but they are probably like, actually, we'll probably make a whole bunch of money out of this. Which, the fact that at the very end, when, like, the mom pitches, like, regular Barbie, and Will Ferrell's like, that's a terrible idea. And then someone immediately is like, we'd actually be sold a whole lot of those. It's like, oh, yeah, let's do it. It's like, (laughs) yeah, no. Yeah, it, it kind of does lay bare the thing of, like, yeah, Mattel is gonna do... Mattel's gonna sell stuff to if they feel like in feelings of empowerment are gonna sell. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna sell it. But again, yeah, if it's beneficial for them to make fun of themselves, then they'll yeah. Do it, so. But again, then it comes back to that thing of like, well, the the dolls themselves, the ideas themselves, those aren't the things that have the meaning. We bring that to it, and like the only reason that. Yeah, I don't know. It it's complex, but yeah. I like the, I like the fact that like a movie like this can actually allow people to grapple with those kind of dilemmas. Like I feel like it's on I'm honestly like kind of happy that like people are like looking at the Barbie movie and are kind of questioning it's like position as like a brand integrated movie cuz that's not that's something that like i think 
a lot of cinema goers weren't as like inclined to do like they certainly didn't do it with like like the mcus and stuff when that was popping off and it's like maybe that maybe that degree of skepticism might be good it's just like we're just in such a weird place i think with like hollywood and film in general right now yeah. especially with like the the with writers the... and the sag strike it's yep. like yep sort of like we kind of have to sort of imagine like what sort of the future of the film industry is gonna be i don't know if <sighs> to that thing you said earlier about filmmakers taking the like executives taking the wrong lessons my ideal ideally for me the ideal lesson would be to hey let actors and directors make their passion projects because this like the lesson they should take is like give greta gerwig a whole bunch of like give her a james cameron amount of money to just do whatever she wants what she wants yeah like the thing like kissy mentioned like this she like it's such a weird movie it's like the lesson should be let people make weird movies just like let people like make these things that are weird and maybe different and but no like they're they're gonna be like uh maybe a maybe a hot wheels movie maybe a max steel reboot <laughs> yeah. lala loopsy the movie it's lala loopsy Mattel. yeah anyway it's it's spelled by someone it's someone anyway but yeah i don't know it's the the Mattel execs are interesting of like, yeah, they are hapless, but it it's weird. There was that kind of like weird moment where it was like when the Kens take over and they turn the dream houses into the Mojo Dojo Casa houses. And they're like, actually, these are selling really well. And yeah. it's like, and Will Ferrell CEO is like. I didn't we- become, I didn't become the CEO of this company just for the bottom line. I did it to to cater to the dreams of young girls in a non-creepy way. And it's I like, don't believe him. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like if, if this movie was being honest, they'd be like, sweet, we're pivoting to Ken. No, exactly. That would have been, like, it honestly, that kind of felt like a, a I wouldn't be surprised uh, if, like, maybe in a different draft of the movie, that was the direction they went with. But... Daddy Mattel was like, mm, nah, we're not gonna let you do that one. Yeah, like So they so they added that little scene of like Will Ferrell saying that. <laughs> while they're all on their roller skates. While they're all on their roller skates. And yeah. That is one thing. It's just it's just always just fun to see a bunch of dudes in suits just doing something. Doing something so that, silly. that dudes in suits don't usually do. Yeah. You love to see it. You do. Dudes rock. <laughs> uh, I guess just some kind of random stuff. Uh, Kate McKinnon as the weird Yeah. Barbie oh my and, god, the weird house. And I <laughs> they just had all of like All the different the, the fun Barbies. They had the shitting dog, which I actually I had the shitting dog. Yeah, they got the shitting dog. That had its little like food pellets that would turn into poop pellets that you would put in the reset like trash can that would like funnel them back into the little food yeah. box that yeah. you would then feed back to the dog yeah yeah, yeah. and uh they sugar had daddy can green magic can Ring, yep yep and they had the skipper that grows the breast and the video camera yeah they didn't have oreo barbie <laughs> just saying there's some controversies that it's uh it's fun for them to address and so yeah hard. yeah although then again with the oreo barbie they would have to deal with the nabisco brand which i i I'd probably yeah and oreo's probably not gonna want to play ball with that one yep, yep yep uh also uh one thing i do want to point out i had a couple of people 
uh, mentioned to me that they were surprised that they didn't do any references to the direct-to-video Barbie movies. And there's actually a bit of a reason for that. Um, like, I know that there were some people that were, like, disappointed that, like, oh, they didn't reference Barbie and the Nutcracker, or they didn't have Bibble running around and stuff. And I didn't really realize this until after the after we watched it for the first time, but, like, uh, be, I, I think they weren't allowed to, like, reference those movies because, technically, uh, a majority of the classic Barbie movies before uh, Barbie Duff and Magic, before Mainframe Entertainment and Mattel shifted their distribution model to Netflix, they were distributed by Universal. Hmm. So, and I think... I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Universal still has the rights to those early direct-to-video movies. So if you're wondering why, that's that's my best guess of probably why we didn't see our Lord and Savior Bibble, unfortunately. Uh, I, I'll imagine that he's there in our hearts. Although, technically, the uh, I think Dua Lipa plays the... Uh, they had her playing... Oh, what's the name of the Dolphin Magic Mermaid? What's her name? Oh, shoot. Because, like, she's dressed the same way, and, and like, one of the bits in the credits references Mermaid Power, the, like, most recent one where she shows up in. But, so, like, there's that there. Okay. We didn't see John Cena in that, uh, those direct-to-video mermaid movies, it but, was, you know. It was good to see him there <laughs> in, his, in his beautiful it, mermaid wig. Yeah, <laughs> very. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess just some random thoughts. Uh. Funniest moment. What was the funniest moment for you? Uh, I don't know. I like. I feel like the uh, the beach battle is pretty good, actually. No, no. Ken, Ken's initial attempt to surf that one's pretty good. <laughs> like where he's just running to the beach. Alan screams, "Yeah!" Just the Michael Skirt. Yeah, actually, so actually, no. When uh, Barbie shows off her flat feet for the first time, and everyone's like freaking out and <laughs> fake vomiting. Yeah, there's there's some really really good ones. Um, I like I like Barbie telling the construction workers that her and Ken don't have genitals. Yes, yep. Very funny. Um, to which Ken responds, uh, "I have all the genitals, actually." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that the line from like the Kate McKinnon Barbie where she's like, I want to see that nude log or something? Yeah, I, I would love to see whatever weird bull, like smooth bull she's got underneath that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, I like the Zack, I don't know, the Zack Snyder cut. Oh, the yeah. Zack Snyder cut line got me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> where where one of the brainwashed Barbies was like, I just got so invested in Zack Snyder's kind of Justice League for some reason. And there was also, um, I forgot, I think it was Alan who said it, where they're like trying to escape from Barbie land and, and the like, kids are like building the wall. The wall like, and it's, it's only like, vertical. As soon as they figure out how to how to make the wall horizontally, this place is going to be cut off forever. Right? <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. Or just... Uh, Alan just randomly beating up a bunch of Yeah, I guess we can talk about Alan. We haven't brought up our sweet boy Alan. We can talk about Alan. I mean, a little, he's he's great. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Kind of repeating the thing I said before, but I something I appreciate about his presence, like, it could have been so easy to just make him just, like, a joke character kind of thing, but they actually kind of use him in the story to demonstrate how, like, hey, this 
Ken's whole patriarchy thing kind of sucks for people like Alan who don't necessarily want to be the big alpha dude bros. Sometimes he just wants to be in his little suspender bow tie and dancing along. I love his dance moves during, like, the third scene. God, the dance scenes in general, like, I feel like Greta Gerwig should, like, make a musical. Like, 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 there's almost, like, a part where it's like, man, maybe they should have just made this movie just a big musical, like, like yeah. or have more musical numbers in it, because the ones they do have are very fun. It would have been, yep, very neat. But the ones that we did get are, like, pretty, like, that, that dance party sequence with that, like, I love how they, in that dance party, like, the fact that, uh, I guess this is another nice touch that I have about, I like about, Bar- like, Barbie Land, is how, like, they showcase, like, the diversity within the different Barbies of, like, oh, Barbie can be any of these people. Like, like you got, there was, like, the amputee Barbie uh, in the president's cabinet who had, like, a little robot arm. There's our wheelchair Barbie. And, like, there was a Barbie in a hijab. And it was neat. And then you had an Emerald Fennel being pregnant Midge in the background. Just... <laughs> Poor Midge. <laughs> yeah. It's so there's that. But I but, do speaking of the dance party, I really liked how when Ken was like rejected by Barbie and he was leaving, he was like doing the dance. He was doing the little like, shuffle. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Where she where she was just like, you can go now. <laughs> Out yeah, it oh it was yeah. Every night is girls' night. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I guess do we have any thoughts about like the other just uh, minor Barbies and Kens, like... I mean, Simu Leo was uh, perfectly believable as a kind of a prick that no one likes, so. <laughs> Wow! Yeah. Damn! Yeah. Dang! Simu yeah. Liu hate over here. Like, it's... I... Yeah. <laughs> but it's... it's Yeah, they... It is very funny that those two have just, like, this weird arbitrary rivalry. Okay. I... Oh, God, I need to look at the cast of the other kids, like, Doctor Who Ken. Yeah, he was... Yeah. I love I love him just, where he was just like, I do, I just want to be with my friend Barbie, where it's very clear, he's like, yeah, I'm not interested romantically, I just yeah. like being friends with Barbie, and it's yeah. like, yeah. Like, there's some... I feel like a lot of people are going to get their gay awakening with this movie. Oh, yeah, a bunch of, a bunch of men... Just, uh, dancing, fighting around each other. But also a lot of ladies just gals being pals yeah. and stuff. And it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very, yeah. I don't know. Thoughts on any of the other Barbies or, or kids? I mean, like, I thought, you know, that was great. We also had a trans woman Barbie. Which yeah. Which was very nice to see her. She was neat. There. Hang on. Um, I'll look up her name. I need, like, with IMDb. But... Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know. They, they got <laughs> President Issa Rae Barbie, like, curses. <laughs> and it gets bleeped with that. So that's, that's cute. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, this, the sporting cast is all very fun. Like, yeah. it definitely, like, this movie looked like it was just about a blast to make. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> I agree. I, it, it's just, like, Maybe just, like, make more, let people have, like, these fun little things and do, is it, 
I think it's Hari Neth is, yeah, yeah, she also showed up in The Idol and Meet Cute and dang, she's been doing a lot. All right, good for her. Yeah, get that bag. Yeah, yeah. I also liked Sharon Rooney's Barbie. She, like, the one, like, when Barbie says, do you ever think about death? She just, she's the one that had, like, the, just the, just disgusted look on her face. <laughs> just, mwah, very good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Actually, I, I want to hear your thoughts. What did you think of that Depression Barbie commercial? <laughs> Look, some of us are not watching the BBC Pride and Prejudice. We are watching the uh, Matthew McFadden one. Okay, <laughs> um. okay so that, that so there was that inaccuracy. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> but but yeah, they, but yeah, she. It was uh, that was that was really very funny. Yeah. I don't know. I liked that. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of like some of the other bits that I really enjoyed. Like that poor Barbie getting the Godfather explained to her by Oh man! And just I, all the kids all all around the campfires like singing at the Barbie. except for the one Ken on the who's just on the drums. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, hang on, I need to look up his actor's name because he was also freaking hilarious. Uh, I uh, was it? No, Kingsley B. Benadir, Doctor Who Bart. Uh, wait. Well, Doctor Who, he was the one who was playing the drums. Yeah, oh, yes, that right. I'm sorry, I was thinking of, uh, uh, Nikuti Gatwa was the one with the blonde, uh, tips. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I loved, (laughs) I don't know, I, I found the Kens just very... Very funny. I like yeah. how when they were having their like battle sequence, they were like like having these big over exaggerated reactions to being like hit by like the beach supplies. Like yeah. it's like the the opening of of uh, Saving Private Ryan. Just <laughs> yeah, they because they because in my mind it's like oh this is how men are supposed to act when they're in war. They're supposed to they're supposed to be in big pain and all that. Like and. I don't know, the fact that, like, <laughs> Ryan Goslingkin was able to just take some out by just, like, flashing his nipples at them. Is... <laughs> I love them all, like, doing, like, the horse gallop together. Oh, my God. Like, like the Barbie Dream House. By the way, shout out to the elderly couple who was sitting next to him in the movie theater laughing their asses off. It, that was delightful. <laughs> yeah. Well, wasn't it the one where, like... When, like, Ken started putting, uh, getting the books about, like, Patriarch and stuff, they were like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Someone was just, yeah, like, why men really rule the world? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was very cute. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was, like, a pretty full theater for, like, kind of, like, four o'clock. Yeah, no, and, like, a week after it's premiered, people Mm -hmm. are coming out to this thing. It's, It's good. Yeah, and a wide range of people, like young people, old, old people. Yeah, like. yeah. I'm, I like I like 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 you said earlier. I think it's because it's just like something different and something weird, and people are kind of like wanting something new. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm I'm glad people are enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Feel- like I said, you know, this movie will probably be discourse to. You know, till the sun comes home, and I feel like I don't know. Like I don't know how we'll like see this movie when we like look back on it. You know, I like to think of it like 
this is my very optimistic read of things as I want to do. I feel like, uh, ideally in the future, especially like with like the strikes and stuff, uh, like I hope all the actors and writers get like take the studio execs for every fucking cent. Like mm-hmm. fu- fuck David Zaslav. Oh, side note, the fucking like Warner Brothers Tower oh, and the I Warner Discovery it. building in the background. I was just I like, saw, I was, I was like, just Ooh. like, you fuckers, you pieces of shit. Oh, mm-hmm. I like, cause like, oh yeah, no, no, I, oh, like, yeah. Uh, but like, I, I would like to, I do like, uh, if like the strike stuff goes well, there are a lot of like, directors and actors and writers and stuff will be able to have a lot more autonomy in the kind of stories that they are able to tell. And we might be kind kind of out, be able to get out of like the kind of like uh, big franchise kind of like pipeline that we're kind of stuck in with a lot of movies. And, you know, I feel like yeah, maybe movies might not be kind of the same. Like, maybe we'll live in a world where, like, movies don't have, like, $100 million budgets, which I'm kind of all right with, because, like, majority of film history, like, movies well, did not have... But... Well, the thing, I feel like what we're really just kind of, like, needing this, like, variety. Like, exactly, yeah. If you get, like, five different, like, CGI superhero blockbusters, like, every year, like, people are going to get burnt out on that. Like, yeah. I... Like, you know, we used to have things where it's, like, something could be a big action movie, make a lot of money, but, like, a comedy or, like, a drama or yeah. a rom-com and could also be, Ideally, like, like, ideally, maybe we'll look back at... Barbie and like other films that are kind of doing similar things like uh as like the start of like when like more of that variety started to return back to movies like that's what I would like to see and maybe also like a uh the beginning of more uh like female driven like projects like from like director, writer, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Then, then again, I'm, I am uh, reminded of this one quote spoken about the Oscars. I think it was like said about Halle Berry's win for the Oscars. I'll have to fact check it, but uh, it's important not to uh, misinterpret a moment for a movement. Mm-hmm. I, don't get me wrong; like I'm very much enjoying this moment and stuff. I hope it becomes a movement of like more stuff like this. Mm-hmm. I think it has the potential to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you know, it's like I said, it's, it's complicated because mm-hmm. humans are complicated and that's kind of what makes us cool. Kind of. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting. I, I, like I said, the fact that we could have like these kind of conversations about the, with this movie, it's like, that already feels like, a much better sign because like I went into this thing with I tried to keep my expectations very low going in because I'm like okay yeah I I'm like I try not to get super hyped about it because like yeah it's our thing to look at Barbie movies and stuff but like you know it, it we should like 
I don't want I didn't want to like go into it and just like calling it the greatest movie of all time just because it had a thing I like did it like like Barbie herself there's a complicatedness to yeah it, like and, and and on one hand while there's a lot of like stuff to the Barbie and stuff to the film that are very beautiful and fun and mm-hmm. impactful there's also kind of the you know flip side of like um you know like this kind of like sort of corporate expansion hmm. of brands yeah and you know like but a movie doesn't need to be you know perfect in every way to still be worthwhile exactly because that's part of the thing that like this movie explores like there is like like it's american first it's like it's it is like literally impossible to be a woman and she gives that whole speech of like because yeah there are just so many contradictions in that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. it's it is kind of a thing where it's like, yeah, you're not going to be able to please everyone and people are going to have valid criticisms against like movies like this and any other kind of movie. That's kind of the, that's kind of what it means to be an artist and stuff like that. And I don't know. It's one of those things like we're in the past. I feel like I know we've, talked about like maybe being a little bit too cynical towards these movies at times and stuff but i don't know it's one of those things where like i think like as you said it doesn't have to be perfect in order for it to bring meaning and value to people because you know because people put meaning and value into the creation of this. And, you know, it's a thing where, like, hey, all the people that put all that meaning and value into it, we should be able to celebrate and properly compensate them and stuff for that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of, like, a lot of, like, really interesting thoughts to come out of this. Yeah, but, but I mean... At the end of the day, it was a good time at the movies. Yeah, it was a very good time. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I don't know. I, I think, like I said, it just, I was not expecting to cry the second time watching this thing, but I did. I don't know. I think it's just because, like, it, it was able to explore all of these, like, these kind of things that, like, we're all already kind of grappling with. Like, I know that, like, a bunch of men are kind of dealing, grappling with, like, masculinity and how that's evolving. I know a lot of women are dealing with, like, how they perceive femininity and all that stuff. And people are navigating, like, what it's like to be in, like, working within, like, different corporate superstructures and, like, how our lives are kind of, like, surrounded by that. And, like... I don't know. I think it's like I'm glad that this movie is able to provide a avenue for people to be able to explore those ideas. Like I mean online discourse is freaking exhausting. Like but a silver lining I try to take out of it because as the ever optimist is that like the reason why why people like uh certain people 
are discoursing like that is because the work is able to provoke that enough like thinking from people the fact that it is able to emotionally resonate with people and be able to like intellectually like uh stimulate people enough to be able to like have those conversations yeah it'd be sure nice if maybe it was like slightly more nuanced and stuff but that's kind of like the internet mm -hmm. but I don't know. I, that's something I try to keep in mind of like, yeah. If if it wasn't like meaningful to people, we wouldn't be here and like discourse about it. Like, I mean, case in point, I have not seen a single hot take about the Flash movie <laughs> other than the fact that it was very funny when Ezra Miller put that uh, baby in the microwave. <laughs> like, oh, man. Like, yeah. Well, like, I'm just relieved that it seems like we're maybe finally, like, getting to the end of, like, the era of, like, the MCU, like, DCU, or, yeah. like, endless, just, like, bad CGI superhero yeah, or, films. Like, I mean, not that, like, superhero movies are bad inherently, but, like, the the fact that that oversaturation, the fact that that's the only kind of yeah, movie. Yeah, basically, well... Well, it's not just like it's not a superhero film. About like they made a good superhero movie last year. It's called The Batman. Yeah, but, like it's the that very samey, just kind of like CGI uh -huh. mush looking thing that we've just been getting over and over again for what feels like the last few years. And it kind of feels like we're at a point where audiences are kind of starting to maybe mm -hmm. you know. And it doesn't. It's not enticing people the way it used to. Yeah. I mean, Marvel like. That I know that Secret Invasion show that they like were really billing as being like the prestige Marvel show was ended up being kind of a huge disaster. Yeah, yeah. Side note, that thing you mentioned about CGI, I don't think that was there wasn't a whole lot of a big presence of that. Like Yeah, a lot of like uh, Like a lot of practical sets, mm -hmm. like a lot of like heck, even when they like do certain things, like there's like we get the sparkle mm -hmm. and like also like a little cartoon smoke cloud thingy. Mm -hmm. Like the effects are like pretty like so. <laughs> oh my god! When Ken is like uh, gets hit by the wave and he's like flipping there, it kind of it like I like the way that like they did this wire work where it's kind of like you would kind of imagine like oh that if a kid like was playing with a kid oh that's how he would be flipping in the air and stuff and that's kind of that was kind of funny yeah. i like that like i don't know it it was fun to watch those kens beach each other off <laughs> just beaching each other off just long and hard just just sustained beaching off oh god oh <laughs> uh, yeah hey uh barbie um barbie good Barbie good. I don't know. You got a rating for it? Oh, uh, I've, I've rated, uh, uh, I'll give it a, um, uh, four and a half, uh, nude logs <laughs> out of five. Mm. Why nude logs, logs specifically? Like, like the anatomy of a Ken doll. Ah, all right, all right, all right. Uh, -huh. uh I'm gonna give this a... <laughs> a disfigured Barbie out of 10. It's, it's clear 
this thing has gone through a process. It's clear that uh, a lot of love and attention, and yeah, some parts of it are a little messy, but you know, people like Weird Barbie, because, like, people enjoyed, like, playing super hard with, with their Barbies and burning their and all of that. It was nice. So, yeah, I don't know. Surprise, surprise, we we both ended up being generally positive towards the movie. Yeah. I know, plot twist of the century. But that said, the cr- like I said, I was not expecting this thing to like emotionally hit me like it did. But I'm glad it did. It's been a long time since I had a good cry at a movie. Like I'm I'm trying to remember the last like movie that I got like legit emotional at. And I, I'm drawing a blank. I know for me, it was uh, seeing Titanic in the theaters when they had the 25th anniversary. Dang, yeah. So, like, yeah. Ooh. Which, that's a set. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's been a while. I can't think of any other times when I've, like... Like, it was kind of like... It was like Barbie's tears where it was like, oh, it's kind of achy, but it felt good. What with the guys? Is that emotional catharsis? Love me that, that emotional catharsis. <laughs> so yeah, uh, this this has been a fun time. I'm. I hope you enjoyed us talking about it. It's been a long time coming. We've been hyping this thing up for a very long time. Say but, it's almost the anti cats. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it. it it was just like Cats. We were both like, oh, we absolutely have to see this as soon as it's announced. Mm-hmm. And waiting on, like, w- waiting on bended knee for any news of casting. And now it's out. Now it's out in the world. Yep. And, yeah. Also, I will say, it's been very validating. Uh, as so, As someone who has gotten a number of questions about, like, why do you host a Barbie podcast? And now this movie's out and I'm like, vindication. Now you know. Maybe it'll incentivize people to go watch some of the other Barbie movies. Because the people at Made Frame worked hard on those. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's going to about do it for us. Thank you for listening. Um, But with all that said, uh, yeah. If you enjoyed what we done do, uh, consider maybe giving us a rating on your podcast platform of choice. It, also, if you haven't listened to our three-part Ruth Handler episode or the Build Lily episode, I would highly recommend it because, like I said, knowing all that information about Ruth Handler's life really did add a lot of depth to like some of the stuff in this movie, and mm-hmm. I, I really appreciated that. Uh, but yeah... In addition to that, uh, we have a Tumblr. You can follow us at pinkowlpodcast.tumblr.com, where in addition to posting links to all of our different episodes and giving updates on the show, uh, I have also been taking to reblogging like all of the different Barbie fan art that I've been finding. Like, oh, this has been such a great avenue for me to just like absolutely like litter uh, the feed with. Fan art for like uh, Swamp Princess, Diamond Castle. Like, there's some really good Barbie fan artists out there, and I just 
really, really have been enjoying it. So give that a follow. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. Don't you mean X? Absolutely not. No, no. Where we're posting X out is our like heats. the Mojo Dojo Casa House version of Twitter. <laughs> like, like, no, I. Yeah. See, that doesn't match up because in the universe, the Mojo Dojo House isn't successful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is true. So, I mean, if you wanted to, I guess uh, at Pink Owl Pod on Twitter. I'm just saying though, the t- Tumblr is pretty good. You know, I want. I'm just saying, you might. I like, have a Tumblr. Yeah, I'm just saying you might use it a little bit more. Like, what is fun? Yeah, Tumblr it. is a place you go to lurk for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, but I don't know. Do you even want to plug your Twitter? I uh, I mean, I don't really use it anymore. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, same. I don't really use mine either. But yeah, but I. Oh, also, you can send us uh, an email at pinkalpod at gmail.com. Uh, we got links to all those things in the description. And we got a nice little bit of fan mail recently of someone who really enjoyed the uh, Ruth Handler episode. So mm-hmm. thanks to uh, to the person that sent us that email. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We appreciated that. Yeah. It was sweet. Um, and oh, also, I guess we should plug the fact that like, we've been like featured in a couple of places that's the professional thing to do so uh yeah i'm trying to get this onto the feed but i was featured on bbc radio 4 i think for a segment called midnight masterminds where i quiz their host about different barbie movies i'm gonna be looking to get an mp4 of that and putting that on the feed so you can give us a listen to that uh and then also a Hopefully by the time that this is out, the guy who sent us the email about it didn't get back to us yet. But a journalist from The Telegraph reached out to us to ask our opinions about Ken, and we wrote a little thing. So, yeah, uh, we'll have a link to those things. But I don't know. Now that Barbie's out, people just want a piece of us mm-hmm. in this pink aisle of ours. I know. We, we truly are the the, uh, the prophets of our time. Indeed. Huh. But... If you want to stay up to date with our prophecies, uh, in addition to that, you can also give me a follow on Tumblr at henrycathman.tumblr.com on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash henrycathman, uh, and all of my other stuff, which I'm centralizing onto my own official website, henrycathman.com, where it has links to like all of my work in one place. And it's still kind of under construction. I, I freaking learned html and css in a day to like throw together a little something something so you know that's been fun and yeah we appreciate all the support and uh especially to everyone who supports me on patreon which helps to make this possible patreon.com slash henry Kaufman. so yeah i guess just end things things off all you gotta say is just you know for everyone listening just remember you are Kanaf. You are Kanaf. In fact, you're more than Kanaf. You're sublime! <laughs> Bye! <laughs> <laughs>